0: This is Teach, Play, Love. The Bright Horizons Parenting Podcast, just for ages 0 to 8. Get the advice you need from our own early childhood expert, Education Vice President, Rachel Robertson. And make the most out of every chance to teach, play, and love. How do you handle a stressful moment? Maybe you take a step back, maybe you take a deep breath, and eventually you become present in the moment. This is mindfulness. Take a listen again to this conversation with Rachel and Ruth. It's an episode we previously aired that gives you some great advice on how children can practice this and become more mindful, peaceful humans.
1: Okay, Ruth, take a deep breath. We're going to talk about mindfulness.
2: Okay, you know, Rachel, I have been hearing a lot about mindfulness for kids and for adults too recently. It seems like it's become really quite a wellness buzzword. Yes, it truly has.
1: I hope that today I can clear up what it is and why it is a really valuable tool for parents of young children, honestly, both for children and for the parents
2: themselves. That sounds great. So let's start with what it really means. Hearing that term just makes me think of rock salt lamps and yoga mats and mantras. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, me too. It can it can make us think of
1: meditation and crystals and green tea and all of that, but that's not really what it's about. Mindfulness is about paying attention on purpose. So it sounds really simple, but if you think about the lives that we live, it doesn't happen all that often. Experts basically, they're reporting a range of benefits, some really great things like regulating emotions, keeping your emotions under control and reducing stress, control in general, better decision making, understanding other people's point of view and a little more empathy. It has all of these benefits, just a simple tool of paying attention on purpose so if you think of all those benefits for adults, imagine what it can do for young children who are at the beginning of developing these abilities.
2: That's a good thing to think about for a while. And I love that you said that mindfulness is about paying attention on purpose. That sounds like a much clearer definition for me. You said something, Rachel, about children just beginning that are just beginning to develop these abilities. Talk about that a little bit more. Sure. So humans, we're pretty complex,
1: and unlike most other animals, our development period goes long after we're born. We see this physically, and we see it all the time, and we celebrate physical development, like a baby going from sitting to crawling to walking, but we don't always notice the same developmental phases happening cognitively or emotionally. We often overestimate what children are capable of or what abilities they have that are developing. I think you probably have heard this when you're working in early childhood or in your own parenting examples, but we hear so often adults telling children to be nice or share, expecting them to handle disappointment and control themselves, wait for something they really want, compromise, and do all these things before they actually have the abilities to do any of those things or to do them well. Because even when they have those capacities, they're not very strong. They're just developing. These things are pretty sophisticated and take a while, but they can get stronger with intentional focus and support. So that brings us to mindfulness. Giving children tools like mindfulness to manage their emotions can be really, really useful and effective, especially especially in this life we're all living. We're all on the go. We're moving from one thing to the next. We're scheduled every minute of the day, and processing time is really limited.
2: Yeah, that that makes total sense. And while children are developing those skills in those preschool years and beyond that even, that's kind of when we start making things really hectic, when we start overscheduling and having that always-on-the-go kind of lifestyle.
1: That's a really good point, and it's something we should be mindful about because it's worse than ever. We have filled up our own schedules as well our, as our kids' schedules, we are not giving anyone downtime for processing. And we're also in this age where we're just used to everything happening instantly. We can order food instantly. We can get our message out instantly. And there's a lot of good to that, but there's a lot of downside of that as well. So we're distracted almost all the time, things competing for our attention, and we're juggling a lot. So, like I said, you know, it's good in some ways. Life has gotten a lot more convenient and easy to navigate, but it has caused a lot of stress for both adults and
2: kids. It's interesting to talk about children managing stress. What does a stressed child look like? And how do you know the difference between a child who's stressed out or overwhelmed rather than just a child who's misbehaving? So
1: most behavior that is classified as misbehavior is really a child demonstrating that they don't have a social-emotional skill or they have it in limited supply, like we were just talking about. So let's take the example of a, a child taking a toy from another child. The child that's taking the toy, they know they want it. They know they don't have it. They may even know they're not supposed to take it. But what they're missing in that scenario is the ability to take on another's perspective and fully empathize with that person and how it would feel to the other person to lose the toy. And they're missing the ability to wait or control their
2: impulses.
1: On top of that, if they've had a busier overscheduled day, it's probably even in shorter supply.
2: Yeah, I've seen that scenario play out over and over again. And it's interesting to think about it from this perspective. It's a really different aspect. But that's just normal stuff, right? That's not really causing stress, is
1: it? That's right, Ruth. It's not stress. It might be stressful, and it might be a situation with a little stress in it, but it's not stressing a child out. These kind of scenarios are actually good stress because it gives a child a chance to build skills, the skills I was mentioning earlier, those cognitive and social-emotional skills, and a little resilience to overcome a challenge. If an adult guides them through it appropriately and treats it not necessarily as misbehavior that needs a consequence, but as a learning opportunity. And here would be a perfect moment to remind a child about those mindfulness techniques that they've learned and to
2: use those before
1: things escalate further.
2: Okay, so I I see that mindfulness can really be an important tool for cognitive and social emotional development. And it sounds like it's good for adults and children, and it's something that they could do together. And as caregivers, we want to get the benefits, and we're modeling these calming, centering techniques for children, too. It sounds like it's a win-win if everybody works on this together. Yeah, that's a really great way to look at it. I'm sure all families want their children to feel calm and have coping skills when it comes to emotions or stress. What are some mindfulness activities?
1: Mindfulness practice can include some really simple things. It doesn't have to be complicated at all. It can be breathing exercises. It can be yoga and it can be meditation, but really it boils down to putting your mind to something, tuning into your physical and emotional state, like a check-in with yourself, slowing down and tuning in. And that doesn't take a lot of effort. It takes intentionality to make sure you're doing it again in these busy schedules we're
2: all living, and you can have a little fun with it as well. We're back again to that paying attention on purpose. It seems like it can be a simple practice, but even with preschoolers?
1: Absolutely. Young children, even younger than preschoolers, can engage in mindfulness practices. Ideally, you start actually when they're really young because you want it to be a habit, something they carry with them when they're older, even through adulthood. All right, Ruth, it seems like it's a good time for us to talk about some of those mindfulness activities that we do in some of our Bright Horizons classrooms, because I think parents can do them just as easily at home with their children. We use the activities from the kit, Mindful Activities, 50 Mindfulness Activities for Kindness, Focus, and Calm. It's published by Barefoot Books, and I know you can find them online. There's a lot of great resources out there. Um, including some great things on the zero to three website as well. But for today, I'm going to share a couple activities with you from that mindful kit. There's one that I love seeing kids participate in called shake the sillies out. It's pretty fun. And it's it's really easy to do, too. So all your child needs to do is to pretend to be a statue. And you could do that, too, actually, as the adult with them. And you freeze in that position. Then you take a deep breath. And hold it in, then breathe out and just tell them to shake their silly out. And you do it as well as the adult, shaking your arms and then your legs, doing it high, then low this way or that way, and just shaking your whole body until it's loose.
2: That's a great one. I've I've done it with kids myself. I've seen lots of kids at, at Bright Horizons do that. And it seems like it's a really good one before bed to get out all that energy and then find Find kind of that calm place where you can start relaxing for the evening. Exactly. And I would recommend to think about some of these activities
1: in places like that before bed where you can make it a habit, but also in a good transition activity. If you're waiting and your kids are getting antsy or you feel like you need to keep them busy for a moment, do something like Shake the Sillies Out. Or here, I have another good one for you. It's called Mind Bubbles. Just like most mindfulness activities, you're going to start by either sitting or standing comfortably. And then in this one, you're going to imagine you're holding a bubble wand. You take a deep breath in and out as if you're blowing bubbles. So you do this again, and then you imagine you're blowing worries out or any kind of stresses out through that bubble wand. Imagine the bubble pops and then off your worries float away. Even just this kind of focused breathing can help as you're blowing the bubbles.
2: I love that one. It's Stop and smell the flower sort of thing and blow the bubbles. It's so simple and easy to make a part of your day. Maybe even when you're driving, that's one you could do.
1: Yeah, actually, we really want everyone to be mindful when they're driving, right? Distraction is a problem when people are driving. So good mindfulness activities is a perfect
2: idea. These are really helpful ways to help our children calm and center themselves. And I love that families can do this together and, and make it into family time. I can only imagine it may feel a little weird practicing mindfulness at first, but I think the benefit sounds like it would be worth it. Just
1: like everything else, it takes practice and work just to fit it in. But once you find the spot for it, it will prove itself so useful and valuable. For most people, they just end up doing it more and more because, because they're enjoying it and getting something out of it. But you know, as a family, if you're doing this together, a good way to start is just find a place to add it into your daily routine, like right after you brush your teeth in the morning and in the evening. Start small and then expand that when that, that habit is in, ingrained. And remember that mindfulness helps with calming, stress reduction, boosting executive function, all of these skills that children really need and are developing. But as adults, we still are learning and, and growing in those areas over time, too. So it's great for the whole family to be involved. In fact, on that note, I'll just take you through one last activity. I found this one on the Zero to Three website website. It's another great resource for mindfulness information related to parenting and children. And I'd like to introduce you to this really simple activity called STOP, the STOP strategy. The S stands for stop, pause, and focus. That's an easy one to remember. Then the T is take a deep breath in and out. Notice how that feels to breathe in and out. Do that a few times. The O is about observing. Just acknowledge what's happening, what's going on right now. Maybe with yourself, do that physical, emotional check-in we've been talking about. See what else is going on around you. Give it a moment to just absorb it all and take it all in. If you're feeling a little stressed, maybe you can let a little bit of that go. And then proceed. Carry on with your day. So I hope that's a helpful way maybe to end this podcast on mindfulness. If everyone's gone through that stop process. And now it's time to proceed with a little bit more mindfulness throughout the rest of your day.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode replay on mindfulness. Remember that if you introduce it early to your child, they'll learn how to regulate their emotions, make good decisions, and be empathetic. We'll be back with an all new episode of Teach, Play, Love next month. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us and find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time on Teach Play Love and Rediscover Parenting as a Joy It Was Meant to Be.